Well, it's pretty interesting to me that we would uh, start the series called This is War in the light of what's going on in our world right now, huh? I mean, unless your head's been buried in the sand, you know there's some ridiculous stuff going on right now. I was flying home yesterday from my niece's wedding, and the gal uh, sitting next to me on the plane opens up her computer, and the first thing that pops up, right, is what's going on in Iraq. And she just looks over at me, and she goes, this is just subhuman. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable what's going on. And then we've got the stuff on Gaza Strip. I'm back in Michigan where a 13-year-old boy stabbed to death a 9-year-old multiple times on a playground. I don't know if you guys heard this. And then he just walked, gently walked over, called 911 and turned himself in. Like, what is that? I mean, so in other words, you don't have to look very far, especially in our world with all the information age. The evil all over the world is just ridiculous. And it's there. The war is going on. But the truth is, we don't actually really have to walk that far, do we? Sometimes we just have to walk into our own house, right? <laughs> I mean, you can see it happening right there. The tension that goes on in our own relationships, even with those people that we love. And then, you don't even have to do that, right? You can just walk in and close the bathroom door, and it's just you, and you look in the mirror, and the mirror looks back at you, and you go, the war that's just going on right in here? You guys have one of those? We all do. And we can't believe the things that go on in our own heart and our own soul. I mean, there's a war just to be the person we want to be. And so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next five weeks. And I am so grateful for the Bible. Because when we look at why is there evil in the world? And we look at why do I struggle so much just with myself? Why is it so difficult to have relationships that actually last The Bible makes it really, really clear to us, there is a war. And it's cosmic. It's beyond what you can see. And it's intense. Jesus said, there is an enemy who steals and kills and destroys. And he wants to do that to your soul. He wants to do it to every relationship that matters to you. And he wants to do it between you and God. Here's how he puts it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And what's crazy about this is in the book of Ephesians, the whole first five chapters are all about this amazing stuff that God has done. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. God has done stuff so that we could actually be united together with him and so that we would have everything that we need to have relationships that last with each other. He's done it. So after five chapters of explaining how this works, he gets to chapter 6 and he says, finally, in the end of all this, Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. You're going to need this. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, here you go, you guys, this is what I'm talking about for five weeks. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, some of you, right now, you might be sitting there going, wait, 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 wait. You guys actually are going to talk about the devil? You, you actually believe that stuff? The dude with the pitchfork and the little tail, right? The thing we all dress up, Dwight, as Halloween? 
Well, see, here's what we need to say. So Jesus, I mean, the Bible is so clear over and over and over again. There is a spiritual reality, a spiritual force. There are demonic forces and authorities that are coming against you. And the person who talks the most about it is Jesus himself. So our whole faith is based on the fact that Jesus came to testify to what's true. And one of the things that he told us is true is you have an enemy who's seeking to kill you and destroy you. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, God reveals to us the mystery of his will. He says, here's what, here's what I did. When I sent Jesus Christ, here was my whole purpose. It's to unite everything in heaven and earth under Christ. To unite you to God. To unite you with each other. That is the mystery of God's will. Now think about this. If that's God's will is to unite everything, then what is his enemy's will? To separate it. To divide it. And so what you'll see is the spiritual force that comes against us is really this thing as we're going to, it's called sin, right? It's this thing that the Bible calls, talks about sin. But the spiritual force is to get you to walk away from God instead of to walk with God. And the enemy will do anything he can to keep you from being united with God. Because if he can keep you not you, uh, separate from God, then that's called death, which we're going to get here to. But if you're separated from God, then you don't have his life within you. And not only that, the spiritual enemy will do everything he can to get you to struggle with each other. That's just what he does. He, I want to tell you right now, you guys, um, some of you today, if you're struggling at all to connect with God... And if that's why you're here, you're like, you know, I, I just, I think there is a God, but I've just never been able to connect with him. What you're going to see is that's because there's somebody who's doing everything in his power and his power is pretty strong to keep you from reconnecting to God. And what's crazy is all of you guys who are already believers, if you're a follower of Christ, how many of you struggle connecting to God? Okay. See, this doesn't end. <laughs> it just never ends. But also I want to tell you right now, if you're struggling in any of your relationships today, if there's division happening in any relationship that matters to you, if there's unforgiveness, if there's shame, if there's anger, if there's hatred, if there's pain, anything, selfish ambition, pride, anything that's causing relationships to go like this, you can know right now, we're going to get to it later, there's a spiritual force that's working against you. He does not want your relationships to last. Because when they do, it brings glory to God. All right? So, now here's the deal. We could probably do all year on this topic. At least 20 weeks. I don't know. We could do this for a long time. So a couple things I'm going to tell you. The first one is this. Every night of this series, we're going to be back here at 7 o'clock. Because um, I just know every week, all we're going to do is open a can of worms. And there, we cannot get to the... The stuff I've got to share with you today, get out your notebooks and get your pens. Because I need you just to write some stuff down that I'm not going to be able to get to in depth. Okay? But if you want to come back tonight at 7 o'clock, we'll do more Q&A. We'll just dialogue. It's not going to be teaching, but I'll, we'll answer questions. We will talk more about anything that we talk about this morning. I really want you. We need to understand this stuff. And when we get together at 7 o'clock, um, most nights, I don't think tonight, but most nights too, we're going to just going to have some time of worship because worship and praise actually defeats the enemy's power. And we're going to pray. We will pray for you. Because you're going to see, man, stuff's going to come up in these next five weeks that you're going to have no idea 
that were embedded down in there. Okay? So every week at 7, if you want to come back and join us in the loft on the second floor, we'll be here. And that's the other thing, though. I just, I, I have to just get through some stuff here today. Because um, here's, I'm going to do it a little backwards. Every book I read and stuff, they usually talk about the battle, and then they'll talk about Satan, and then they'll eventually get to how we win it, <laughs> okay? But I'm going to start differently today. Here's what we're going to talk about today. There is somebody. There is somebody who has completely and thoroughly demolished this spiritual force of evil. There is somebody who defeated him every single time and who has defeated him completely. And his name is... It is. And so what we're going to talk about today, we're calling him our champion. And I was going to call him our defending champion because he just keeps doing it over and over and over again. And we're going to just, we got to look at him because the next four weeks, what did it say? Be strong in the Lord. And that's Jesus. So it's not about your power. And actually that the verbiage there, it's a very interesting verb. It's be strengthened, actually. It's, a, it's an imperative. So it's a command, like do this, but it's in the passive so it's like, do this, but what you have to do is you have to be strengthened in Christ because he's the only one who can defeat the enemy. If you want to try to take him on yourself, good luck. And if some of you maybe have tried, you're toast, okay? Be strengthened in Christ and in his mighty power. So today is not a whole lot of how we're going to do this today is we're going to look at Jesus because in the next four weeks, we've got to know how to win in Christ, okay? And the next week, we're going to look at the armor that the Bible tells us we actually have everything we need to be protected from the enemy so that he can't win. We'll look at how to put that on, how to do that. And then week three, we're literally going to just specifically look at how do we fight spiritually against the devil and his demonic forces. How do we do that? Week four, we're going to look at how we actually fight against the world. There's three battlefields, the Bible tells us, that we have to fight. There's demonic stuff, spiritual forces. There's the world. Just the system of the way the world works is completely against God's ways. And then the last week five is we're going to figure out how do we battle ourselves. Just ourselves. Because we're pretty screwed up. Anybody amen to that one? All right. Okay. So let's look at the champion. Before we do, let me pray for us. All right. All right, God. I just want to say thank you that you did not leave us to have to wonder why there's so much evil in the world. You did not leave us to have to wonder why there's so much wickedness within our own heart. Why are we so selfish? Why do we struggle to be free? Why are we filled with anxiety and fear? Why do we believe these voices inside of us that says that we're just a loser? Why do we believe these things about you that say that you don't love us and you won't forgive us and you don't care about us and you're not good? Why, God? Why is there this tension? I'm so grateful that your word has revealed to us what we're going to study for these next five weeks. Lord, please come in these next few minutes. Just give me grace. Help me to be clear and concise. But most of all, I really do pray in the name of Jesus that your word would be alive and active and just open the eyes of our hearts so we can see you. God, we need to see the truth. And I just ask that you do that. I pray you'd encourage people today. I pray that you would give people hope today that there is victory over all the negativity in our own hearts and in the world around us and in our relationships. We pray that you give us that clarity in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right. So, let's be strong in Christ and His mighty power. I'm going to give you just three quick things. First one is this. That Jesus' light conquers darkness. Jesus' light conquers darkness. Now, you guys know this, right? If you've ever been in a completely dark room, it's weird and it's very, it can create fear. It can create confusion because you don't know what's in there. There's no way for you, if it's completely dark, to have any idea of what's really happening around you. It's called darkness. And so the Bible uses this as the metaphor for Satan. He is the prince of darkness. There is a dominion or a power of darkness. And so what he does is he just totally confuses us. You can be in a room and, and there can be other people. Where are you? You just you, you can get separated from somebody and you have no idea because you, you can't see. And so that's what darkness is. And Satan, when, when Jesus talks about him, he says he is the father of all lies. He said when he lies, he actually speaks his native tongue. That's all he can do. And so, and all the stuff that I've studied, which by the way, I'm just going to put this out here. This book is called The Invisible War, and it's out in the lobby. Get it. I mean, if you're, if you're interested in a fantastic, very clear, very easy to understand book, and it'll be available the whole series, okay? But in everybody I'm studying, what they'll say is this. The number one attack on us from our enemy happens right here. It almost all is here. There's a lot of other things he can do. Okay? He can mess with us physically, with health. He can cause havoc. He's, he's, there's so many words we're going to learn about him in, in two weeks, so don't go there, Dave. We'll get there. Okay? But what we need to understand about him mainly is he constantly lies to us. He lies to us about who God is. And he makes us think that he's not good, that he's not all powerful, that he doesn't care about us, that he doesn't love us. There's all these things he lies about us. And then he lies to us about ourselves. And he tells us, he, he makes us feel like we're not worthy, that we're not loved, that we're not... Or he does the opposite and tries to bolster us up, right? And say, you don't even need God. You can just do it on yourself. He, and then he lies to us about the person sitting next, right next to you. He's always putting thoughts in our heads about the other people around us. He lies, and those things are called darkness. And so then in John 1, it says this. In him, in Christ, was life. And that life that he lived was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's huge. And you guys know that, right? How many of you ever walked in a really dark room and you can't see, and what do you do? Hey, you feel for a little? Light switch. And as soon as you feel the light switch, what do you feel? Relief? Hope? Because you know as soon as you do what? Boom! Ah, what happens to the darkness? It's gone. And here's where we go. We have a champion who actually, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so he is the light of the world, and the light shines in our darkness, and the darkness can't overcome it. Darkness cannot overcome light. And Jesus is that for us. And so one of the key things we're going to learn here in the, in the next few weeks coming up is our battle that's going on inside of here. And I want to tell you, man, when you start feeling like God doesn't love you or you start feeling you're like you're not good enough or you start feeling these thoughts towards other people in your life, you can't come back with, oh, yeah, well, I think. Or I feel. Right? I don't know about you or your thoughts and your feelings. Mine are like this. Right? You need to come back with the truth. And that's how Jesus, even when he was tempted, he fought Satan with the truth. 
And so, you guys need to know this, man. The Bible is the word of truth. And the spirit that we receive is the spirit of truth. And we actually can have the mind of Christ. And I'm telling you, man, the lies of Satan, he's so good. He's an angel of light. I'm telling you, he never ends. I've been walking with Christ for 30 years, and I feel like he lies to me more now than ever. My battle is more intense now than it's ever been in my life. This is real stuff. And I need God's word. I need the truth. I need the mind of Christ. And if you have that, and we do, that's the point. You have the champion inside of you who's the light of the world. And his light overcomes. It conquers darkness. All right? That's the first one. Number two, his righteousness conquers sin. There's no separation from God in Christ because there was no sin in him. Now, I love this, man. In John chapter 14, verse 30, it says this. Jesus says, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. That's another name for Satan. The prince of this world. So this is kind of near the end of Jesus' time. He's talking to his disciples. He says, the prince of this world is coming. And then look at this next phrase. And he has no hold over me. Isn't that awesome? I mean, I'm telling you, does he have hold over you? Yes. (laughs) And it's so frustrating. But Jesus is like, he's coming, but he has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn. So that you and I might learn. That I love the Father, and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. So what's this mean? So here's Jesus, right? He's going, guess what? Devil's coming, man. Satan's coming. (laughs) And he needs to come. Because the world needs to understand. I love the Father, and I do exactly what He commands me. He has no hold over me. So, you know, as soon as Christ comes on the scene, what happens? It says the Holy Spirit leads him into the, de- into the desert. The Spirit of God leads him into the, to the desert to be tempted by the devil. And so the devil tempts him and he tries to get him to do what? To not follow God, to take things into his own hand. And yet, and yet Jesus does what? Every time he comes back with the word of truth and he's victorious. He has no hold over him. Now it's the end of his life. And now he's getting ready, and he says, oh my gosh, here he comes again. The prince of this world is coming. And how many of you saw The Passion? Anybody see the movie The Passion? Okay. Do you remember the scene when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane? So what's happening here? Satan's going to come. Jesus is going to go to the garden again. He's going to pray again. And in that moment, Satan is going to do everything he can to get Jesus not to follow through on the plan. And you guys know it, right? What did Jesus say? He told his father, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want, I don't want to do this. How many of you tell God you don't want to do stuff? <laughs> right? And then what do we do? We don't do it. Because <laughs> we don't want to. So here's Jesus. I don't want to do this either, but he's so intense that sweats of blood are dropping from his face. It's that much agony. And the enemy is doing everything he can. Don't say yes to God. And Jesus breaks through and what does he say? Not my will but yours be done. We have a champion. Do you guys get this? See, and so the Bible tells us we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. We have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And so Jesus was like, this is so important. The enemy's got to come. 
And he's got to tempt me. And he's got to take me all the way to where blood is dripping off my face and all the way to where I'll put myself on the cross. And because you guys need to know this, I never give in. He has no hold over me. I love the Father, and I do exactly what He commands me to do. That's why He's the champion, because His righteousness overcomes sin. So when you're tempted, and we'll get into this in the weeks to come, you need to be strong in in Jesus. Instead of like, well, I can handle this. I just won't do it. How's that working for y'all, right? We just keep giving in. we got to learn how to do that. Number three, and it's close, but it's different. And that is His humility conquers pride. His humility conquers pride. Um, when we talk about Satan in a couple of weeks, we'll go more in depth in this, but you need to understand this. He was a created being, he was an angel, and he was the most glorious angel of all. But the Bible tells us that instead of serving God, he wanted to be served like God. And so really, at the core and the essence of Satan, and what he's all about, his very nature, and at the core of his heart, is selfish ambition and pride. Augustine, an ancient church father, he said it this way, pride is the mother of all sin, pregnant with all the other sins. And so the reason Satan was thrown out is because he is the one who said, I want it to be about me. I don't want to serve you. I want to do what's best for me. That was Satan. So then, and ever since the beginning of time, you guys, this has been the human condition. We want to do what's right for us. So what? that was the temptation with Adam and Eve. Eve, come on, man. This God, He doesn't have your best interest in mind. You could be like God. You can do it. You don't need Him. You guys, I'm telling you what, man. Selfish ambition and pride. Is that not the new American national anthem? Is that not what our culture is all about? You do whatever makes you happy. You make yourself the center of your existence and don't let anybody else tell you what it should be. Don't, it, it's just ridiculous. You guys, and I want to tell you, this is demonic. It is what causes all the problems. So look at this in, in James chapter 3. It says, If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. For such wisdom does not come down from heaven it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. I love using this one on my kids. It's really, really powerful. <clears throat> no, but I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so crazy because seriously, I don't know about you, but I mean, and I've shared this all the time. This is how you can know that we're all sinful because I, I, I say it too much, but, be, but from the very beginning of time, every child says mine and no. It, there is selfish ambition embedded in our nature. And as a parent, our job is to help them see this is not okay. It goes on to say, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And you guys know this. There is not one relationship that separated, that divided, that didn't have at least one person or both who had selfish ambition. Can we all agree on that? There's, that's it. It's what the enemy uses, and it's at our core. And so, how in the world do we get away from our pride? How do we get away from wanting what we want more than what God wants? 
How do we actually get into a relationship with another human being and have self-sacrificing love for them instead of hoping they meet our needs and make us happy? How do we do this? Enter Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing. Another version says he emptied himself. I love that. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to become, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Isn't this interesting, you guys? Because what does pride do? I want it to be about me. I want to be in the exalted place. I want to be first place. And that's my thing with my kids. I'm always like, are you kidding me? Are we going to fight every time about who gets to sit by the window? And who gets the first? And who gets the that? You guys know what I'm saying? See, pride is always like, I want, I want, I want. And Jesus is like, guess what? I want nothing. I'm going to empty myself. I'm going to humble myself. I am going to be not about myself at all. In fact, I'm going to so completely submit myself to my Father that I will obey Him. Remember Him saying, the world must learn, I love the Father, and I do everything He commands. I'm going to obey Him all the way to the point of willingly putting myself on a cross and gruesomely dying. And then God goes, what? Because of that, you get exalted to the highest place. And look at this. And He gave Him the name that is above what? Every name. That at the name of Jesus, what? Every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Every authority, every power, spiritual, demonic, people, everybody is going to bow to Christ because He's exalted over everyone. How? You guys, be strong in Jesus and in His mighty power. Here's what's crazy is, you know what the power of Christ is? It's his weakness. The power of Christ is that he's never about himself. The power of Christ is it was his submission. The power of Christ is his humility. He's completely free from himself. And it is only that power that allows you to say yes to God. And it's that power that causes you to love the person you're sitting next to instead of hoping that they do this for you. And that power right there will change the world. It'll set you free. And it goes on to say this. And and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. It was His death that is the power of Christ. Now let me try to explain this as we close. Hebrews 2.14 says this. Since the children have flesh and blood, since you and I have flesh and blood, Jesus too shared in our humanity. So, that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, and that is the devil. So the devil holds a power over us, okay? And it's death. Now, in Romans 3.23, it says, the wages of sin, what you earn for sin is death. So the enemy has a power over us. The Bible says that we are actually slaves to sin. We can't help but sin. It's what we do. But that sin separates us from God. It's a power inside of us that causes us to care more about ourselves than God. 
And so what the Bible says is that Jesus, by his death, he broke the power. So the very thing that's keeping you from being able to be connected to God, that power was broken when Christ was on the cross. How? Look at this. Colossians 2. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. So you were dead. What do you mean? What what do you mean I was dead? Because sin separates you from God. And the wage for sin is, is death. So you're dead. Even though like right now you might be alive. It's like, but really, spiritually, you're dead. Why? Well, because your sinful nature, this thing we're talking about, has not yet been cut away. And then look at this. But then God made you alive with Christ. For He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us. And He took it away by nailing it to the cross. And in this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. They lost their power. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. Okay. Anybody want me to explain this to you? Okay. Check this out. This is so cool. In that day and age, when you had done something wrong and you were thrown in prison, there would be, as this phrase says in verse 14, if you can throw 14 up there, there would be a record record of charges against you. So you're sitting in your prison cell, and outside the door is a sheet of paper with a record of your charges. But as well, there was also your sentence on there. Okay? So here's the sentence that you have to pay for what you've done wrong. After you paid that sentence, once you did your time, then the emperor would come and he would give a seal and he'd place on that record of charges, paid in full. The person paid his sentence. So the prison door would open, and you'd walk out, and then you'd take that piece of paper, you'd fold it up, and you'd keep it with you wherever you went. <laughs> because you'd walk out and people would go, Hey, aren't you the guy who did? You know, And they'd start bringing accusations against you, or they might want to punish you for what you've done, and you're like, Uh-uh, I paid for it. And there's the emperor's stamp. I'm free. I never have to pay for this again. You guys see how this works? So, what the Bible tells us is every single one of us has a record of charges. How many of you know you've done some sin? Anybody know you've done some sin? Okay, we've been pretty good at that. All right. So, you have a record of charges and you have your sentence. And what's your sentence? Let's all say it. It's death. That's your charge. That's what you've earned. The wages that you earn through your sin is death. So here's your charges, and there's your sentence. And so what Jesus, so you're sitting in prison, right? You got this thing down there, and you're like, dude, I don't know if I want to pay that sentence. Because that's like death. So what this says is, verse 15, go ahead and throw it up. It's Jesus, no, wait, keep it right there. And Jesus took the record of your charges and your sentence, and he took it off your door, and he went over and he put it on the cross and he nailed it to the cross. And he said, you don't have to pay that sentence of death. I'm paying it for you. Do you guys see this? That is how you are forgiven of your sins. Is that Jesus paid the price for your sins. And here's why it's called good news. What did you do? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> you did Nothing. You didn't make yourself good and clean up yourself while you were in your prison cell. No, man, you were toast. 
You were a sinner and you were sentenced to death. And Jesus came and he said, you know what? I am going to die in your place. And that's why on the cross, all your sins are forgiven. And the prison door opens wide and you walk out by faith. And there's, here's the whole point. This is how it works. This is so crazy. Such good news. All you do is you go, really? Really? Yes. And he says, just come on out. And you step out. But when you step out, you step into Him. And that's such good news. Because now, He's taken away your sin and you're forgiven, but you stepped into Christ and now the Spirit of God, the champion, comes inside you. And now you have a power you didn't have before. Now you have the light to overcome darkness. You have righteousness to overcome sin. You have humility to overcome pride. So you'll actually say yes to God and walk in His Spirit and love each other. And that's what He offers you. Is that not the greatest news in all the world? I'm telling you, this is the gospel of Christ. It is a gift. And now, you have everything you need for life. You can walk with God. Free. You will never. Nobody can come against you. They can accuse you. They can condemn you. And the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You are no longer a slave to sin. The accuser, he never stops saying it. And that's why you need the truth. And you come back out and you pull up your record. Uh Uh-uh-uh. Jesus paid my sentence. I'm free. Because of him. And I just want to tell you guys, that's why I worship him. (laughs) Because he's my savior, man. Like, totally. Completely. Is that like bad, uh, like, surfer dude talk or something? (laughs) Even as I said that, I'm like, did that dude... All right, I got to shut up. It's time to stop. Okay. So what do we do with this, you guys? So, number one, some of you in this room, you know, you know, you're under the power of the dark one. You know you cannot even be the person you want to be. You know your life is falling apart around you. You cannot connect with God. And what he's saying to you today is yes, you can. All you need to do is confess your sin to me. Confess and repent of your sin. And then put your faith in what I did for you on the cross. I disarmed those powers. You will be completely forgiven of all of your sin. So it will no longer be your master. Sin does not have to be your master anymore. And once you're free from that, then these demonic forces who hold you down by causing you to say no to God and then shaming you once you do sin, they have no, they have no power to do that anymore. Because you're forgiven. And you are clean before God. And you guys, that's what we're going to do right after the service. Is we're going to celebrate the fact that when someone puts their faith in Christ, it says you are baptized into his death, which means Jesus' death is yours. You are completely forgiven of all of your sin. But Jesus Christ also rose from the dead. He had power over death. And the Spirit of God that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, when you put your faith in Christ, the Spirit of God comes inside of you so that you can live a new life.
And all of it's a gift. And I just want to tell you, just so you guys can hear it plainly, if this is the only time you ever enter these doors, the sentence is death and somebody's going to pay for it. And either you can pay for it or you can let Jesus pay for it for you. And on that final day, when you do no longer exist on this planet, you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And if you're still carrying all your sin, then you'll pay for it. But after you die, if you stand before Christ, before God, and you go, I've got like Jesus here. (laughs) And you'll hold up your record of wrongs. And the emperor's stamp will be on it. The seal of the Holy Spirit will be on it. And he'll go, and you're completely forgiven. Come on in. That's your choice. So, I'm going to be down here. We'll be down here afterwards. And I just want to encourage you. Some of you today might be the day. In fact, you might just want to stay right after and say, I'm jumping in this afternoon. I'm going to jump into Christ. I'm going to step out of the prison cell. I'm going to put my faith in Christ. And if you want to do that, then you come down and get your sins forgiven so that you can be free from the power of the demonic forces that are keeping us from being connected from God and to each other. Okay? Now, for the rest of us who already believe this stuff, so many of us are still feeling so guilty. We're still caught in sin. We know Jesus has forgiven us, but we're not experiencing the victory at all. Man, come back tonight at 7. Let's, let's talk more. Show up for the next four weeks. Do not miss. We will get very practical in how we fight this war so that we can experience the victory that's ours. All right? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming here to be the Savior. Thanks for coming so that we could see that you love the Father and you do exactly what he commands you, that the enemy has no power over you, that he has no hold over you. You are the champion. You alone are the only one who can give us the power to really live the life that you created us to live, to really be free, to really love, and to actually be connected and reconciled back to God. Thank you. Thank you for your death on the cross that took away our sin. Lord, I pray for anybody in this room this morning who is ready to put their faith in you, Jesus. And I ask that you would give them grace and mercy to say yes. In fact, I just, I'm going to, everybody just keep praying. But if anybody here this morning, if you want to say yes and actually put your faith in Christ and receive his forgiveness so you can have his power to overcome the darkness and the dark force of this world. Anybody just, just raise your hand real quick if that's you this morning. Lord, you know who wants to do it and we just pray that you give them the strength and the courage to simply receive the great gift. God, help us in these next weeks to know how to be victorious. In Jesus' name, amen.